Parents, welcome to another episode of The Journey, a podcast intended to educate, equip, and entertain you as we talk about important issues facing our families. PCA is a Christ-centered, biblically-based, and family-focused community of committed believers doing life together. We hope the information you hear on this podcast informs and inspires you to be a better parent. Welcome to The Journey. Hey, parents, welcome back to The Journey. This is Dan Panetti. Uh, I've actually got a good friend, uh, Rick Green. Uh, Rick, I don't know if you've ever been on this particular podcast with our parents at PCA before, so welcome to the program. Hey, Dan, always good to be with you, brother. Yes, uh, and uh, it, it's it's great. I want to I tell our parents a little bit about what you do before we dive into a particular conversation, sure. uh, because the reason I wanted you as part of this conversation um, not only is because of the work that you're doing now, but because you and I both uh, attended law school together, and this particular event we're going to talk about was actually at a law school, so I thought of you immediately. Uh, but Rick, tell us a little bit about um, some of the things that you're doing. I know um, you've got um, you know Patriot Academy, you've got Got a constitutional coach thing. I mean, you've got a couple different things that you're working on. So bring our bring our parents up to speed on some of the things that you're doing. Man, we're spinning a lot of plates right now uh, because the need is so big. Amen. You know, people are hungry for truth right now. They're hungry for even just an understanding of how government should work. Everybody's kind of realized over the last few years that it can get chaotic really fast. And so that, that hunger for constitutional knowledge, for biblical worldview of how to be a good citizen, how to treat your neighbor, has opened up a lot of doors for us at Patriot Academy. We've been uh, doing that for 23 years, right? We've been training young people for that long at the state capitol. We've been at state capitals across the country now where we do our, our leadership congress. That's for 16 to 25-year-olds. And then we started doing the Constitution classes about 13 years ago, and now we've put about a million people through those classes. We've got 24,000 Constitution coaches across the nation that are hosting classes in their living room or at their church or you know, bringing people together to discuss the issues of the day from a biblical perspective and a constitutional perspective. And, uh, and then we're building a campus now, man, down in Fredericksburg, Texas, where uh, it's going to be essentially uh, – you know the 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 Disneyland for Patriots. I mean, this is where <laughs> people it. can come and hang out and and study the Constitution and Independence Hall. We're rebuilding Independence Hall, so you don't have to go to Philadelphia and get shot. Yeah, uh, you you can do it right here in Texas. And uh, you know, we do handgun defense classes for people to learn how to properly carry their firearm and and defend their family. We do um, uh, opportunities for now adults. You know, you've you've been through the the Leadership Congress with us at the Capitol and brought yes. students down and, yes. and participated in that. And people over twenty five want to do that. You know, they want to know what it's like to be inside the belly of the beast and be okay. a legislator for a couple of days. So we're doing all that at the campus and, and getting that built right now. But um, but man, just just all about teaching citizens to to have a biblical worldview and apply that to their citizenship. I love it. You do a great job. Uh, uh, your material is is you know top rate, uh, top notch. Uh, it, it's you, it's excellent. And and I, I, the other thing I love, you're interesting. Okay, I'll just I'll just say this. Uh, I've never watched anything that you've done and gone, boy, that guy is boring. Right. We brag about the fact that we have the only constitution classes on the planet in which you will not sleep. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, and, well, I, I, even when you love the the the, the, the content, yes. you know, it's so hard to find the people that won't put you to sleep. No, I mean, it's to, just that you know, <laughs> it's totally true. I will say this though: the difference about your constitution class and the one that you and I probably both took at UT Law was that you actually read the constitution. 
because right. in my Constitution that's class, right. right, we didn't ever open up the Constitution. We just read a bunch of cases. Judge, yes, yes, a bunch of cases about, about a bunch of judges. Said, some other judge said that some other judge said that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, well, I agree. Well, that leads us into this conversation because it is about a particular judge. It's about a Fifth Circuit uh, Court of Appeals judge uh, named Kyle Duncan, um, and uh, he was invited to speak out at Stanford Law School, uh, which, according to all the law school rankings, right, is, you know, the second best law school. And, and you, <laughs> I see the smile on your face, and you and I have the same opinion about Stanford Law School, but we'll leave that where it is. Um, but uh, he was invited out there to speak by the Federalist Society, right, which is a, an organization that I ran when I was at UT Law. Um, so it's a, it's a good, um, you know, conservative, um, you know, biblically based kind of values concept. Um, and they invited him to speak. And having having a federal judge speak at your campus to law students is a, is a really big deal. And so he invited or he accepted that invitation, went out there, and there was a group of people ready uh, for him to come out and speak. And they were not there to listen and to take notes and to learn uh, from a federal district judge. Um, but they basically just, you know, shouted uh, offensive things at him and would not allow him to speak. Um, and then the dean of uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion got up and actually had prepared remarks about how this particular judge and his um, uh, his opinions, his very existence was dangerous, was harmful, uh, was unacceptable to them. Uh, and so basically they, they didn't allow him to speak. And I thought about this from, from several different, you know, vantage points, right? And I was like, one, just from the, the law school vantage point. I mean, the very reason that you're going to law school is to learn how to um, you know, argue and defend different positions. And so uh, when you and I were at UT, uh, we heard um, a lot of different professors uh, share things with us that we did not agree with. Uh, and that was that was par for the right. course, right? That was, yeah. okay, well, I'm going to learn, I'm going to listen, I'm going to agree and disagree, I'm going to learn how to do that in a way um, that is, you know, winsome and persuasive. Uh, and that's that's part of, you know, what it means to, th to think like a lawyer, right? Uh, and so just that very aspect of this happening on a, on a law school campus was just kind of like, you know, shocking to me. Um, but I started to kind of think about, it's like, you know what, this is kind of the... Um, you know, the, the progression of something that's been happening, um, not just on college campuses and now in law schools, but really kind of across the board, um, is the whole idea of free speech, the whole yeah. idea of um, a fair exchange of ideas, the whole concept of um, civil discourse is really being lost in America. And I think our parents need to grasp this concept because we are at a private Christian school um, where, you know, part of what we bring to the school uh, is the idea that we're going to expose our kids to all the different ideas as they get older. Uh, we bring in different worldviews. We bring in different speakers. We wrestle with, you know, different world religions. Uh, that's one of the things that we train our students on. But I need our parents to grasp this idea that when the students leave PCA and they're going to go out into other areas, um, that's not going to be the norm that they're going to run into. And the concept of, uh, hey, I want to send my kid to the best school uh, really needs to be something that parents need to be thinking about. What does that mean today? Right. If you're yeah. if your kid gets the perfect score on the SAT, do you want him to go to an Ivy League school? Do you want him to go to Stanford Law, the second best law school in the country? Are they going to be exposed to all the different ideas or are they going to be indoctrinated into a particular worldview that really is antithetical to God's word? And so, Rick, I wanted to have this conversation with you because you bring in all those different aspects. Right. The law school, the government, the constitutional training. And I wanted to get your thoughts and your you know, assessment of what's going on in their country and what do our parents really need to be thinking about as they hear these things? Well, you know, Dan, first of all, just on the civil discourse, um, 
we have got to once again value hearing other people's opinion yep. and having the chance to sharpen our own iron. You know, the, we sharpen each other's countenance as iron sharpens iron. And that means you've got to be willing to listen and let people challenge what you believe. And we've lost that value. There was a time not too long ago when we would say, man, I disagree with you, but I'd fight and die for your right to say that. That's right. And we've entered a moment in American history where now, no, no, I, I disagree with you. And therefore, you may not speak. We will not allow you to utter your words because somehow your words are more dangerous uh, to, to the country. Instead of saying, no, I, if somebody's wrong, if they've got dangerous rhetoric, I would rather allow them to speak so it can be exposed and it can be countered by others. And that's the way we used to think, and that's the value of free speech. I, I And I'll say it this way. I think if you don't have civil discourse, you end up in civil war. Yes. You, if you don't have the opportunity— yeah. To, to sharpen each other's countenance, to, 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 to debate those things, to find where you do have common ground. I want to be improved. I, you know, and I always ask people that this way. I say, if you were wrong, would you want to know? You know, Because if, if I'm wrong, I want to know. I, I, I want you to show me where I'm wrong so that I can get better. And the left today that controls these educational institutions, they do not want to know if they're wrong, and they do not want to be exposed if they're wrong. And so their mindset is, shut down and stop anyone that that speaks different than us and and you know even the fact that this was Kyle Duncan I mean here's a guy that that is probably one of the best jurists in the country mm. and and maybe on the top not even top 10 I would say top three or four short list for the Supreme Court in the future yep. for those who do come from a constitutional perspective he's got a really good track record and well-spoken guy and someone that if he were the opposite like if he were really well-spoken and articulate and a champion for the left I would want to have a debate with him. I would want to have that that intellectual discussion with him to get better. But the left just doesn't see it that way. And unfortunately, it's bringing down the quality of education and, and, and turning out students that are robots instead of students that are thinking. The difference in what you do at PCA and the importance of what you're doing and the way that you're exposing them to different views and giving them the chance to get better and giving them the chance to think through that thing, you're, gonna, you're raising up young people that can win in the long run. The left is raising up young people that can only win through force, that can only win through silencing the opposition. Our young people are learning to win through intellectual discourse and having the, the, those conversations. So it's I, I just wanted to address just the value of free speech and the value of civil discourse. I hope that we can turn this. I hope that the, you know, and if I can use some, some trigger words here, I hope that the liberals in education We'll get sick of this because typically a liberal would want to have a conversation right. with you and I yeah. and, and debate these things. Liberal coming the from the word liberty, do, right? I mean that that concept. Yes, that's where yes. that's where it originated exactly. from, exactly. Right? And, and it, it doesn't and seem to be can, that way anymore. Yep, that's right. If they can push the leftist out, because the leftists are actually Marxist. I mean, let's just call it what it yep. is. They they are Marxist, and this is the story of Marxism. This is how they operate. This is how they take over institutions. And unfortunately, they own a lot of these institutions at this point. And 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 I think the alumni. The donors, the, the 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 people that have supported this for a long time and just kind of tried to look away and hope it wasn't as bad as it as it actually is. I think they're waking up, Dan. I really do, and I hope that they will push back on this. Uh, you're starting to see a little bit of that, and maybe you'll see some changes in the hiring of the presidents and the and the faculty to where they'll finally turn this thing around. But if they don't, I think you alluded to it in your in your setup for for, for our conversation. If they don't, parents have got to take the bull by the horns here and say, you know what, we're not just going to go with the top five, quote unquote, you know, top five universities. We're going to do our homework. Yeah. We're going to find out what's actually being taught on those campuses. 
and I'm I'm down to ten or twelve campuses that I represent to young people with or, or recommend to young people when they ask me where they can get a good education these days, because of most of these Ivy League schools. They're taken, man. They're taken by the left, and they're not places where you want your kids. To and and honestly, most of the state schools are now too. Um, a yeah. lot of the private yeah. schools. I mean, I'll, I'll say this: even in the Dallas area, um, the private schools, you know, are antithetical to things that, that we would teach. Um, you know, yeah. schools that started out as Christian schools that even have Christian in their some of them have it in, in their, their name, name. <laughs> and, yep. and we know yep. we know who Absolutely. we're talking about. Um, <laughs> right. You know, they, they are they are not places. And here's the thing: it's it's not that I I need my kid to go to a school. Um, you know, that that's just teaching them biblical truth and biblical values, right? I I want by the time you get to college, I want you to be able to wrestle with. Um, ideas. But that's the concept is I want you to be able to wrestle with ideas. And so if there's not a free exchange of information, if all ideas are not presented and students given an opportunity to wrestle with those things, then it's not an education. It's an indoctrination. And that's a super unfortunate thing that we're that we're seeing right now. Uh, And and parents are still paying sixty, eighty thousand dollars for their kids to go right each year to a school where they're I'll just say this. I think their students are getting dumber um, through the four-year process at that school instead of getting smarter. And, and I think – There's no question. Right, but, man. They've even got a term for it, Dan. It's called negative learning. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the stats show that they know less by the end of the four years than they knew going in. They score lower. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And it's because you don't have – well, first of all, you don't have the you know the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of Very knowledge true. and wisdom and yep. all those things. Yep. But it's also because they, they've lost the rigorous – learning of uh, just like what you described earlier. Now, I do want to I want to take a little bit of a constitution lesson, right? And I want you to help our parents understand how important the concept of free speech is um, in a country, right, where uh, we, uh, right, are we're we're the electorate, right? We've got to make decisions about what leaders we put in. And so um, being able to uh, freely exchange ideas, debate concepts and things like that is so important. And I need our parents to to understand um, that free speech is not a constitutional right. Um, it is a God-given right that the Constitution protects. And there's a, there's a vast difference between those concepts, um, right, that, you know, God has given us the rights that we enjoy, life, liberty, and the pursuit yeah. of happiness. Uh, we are part of a country uh, that has established a particular document called the Constitution that says, hey, government, these are things that you can't mess with. You, you right. can't uh, impinge on these particular things, uh, the freedom of religion, right? Uh, we're not going to allow Congress to make laws uh, that are going to infringe on my um, you know, uh, be ability to practice my religion. We're not going to allow uh, the government to set up one state religion. We're not going to do that. We're, uh, we're not going to say, hey, government, um, you're going to um, interfere with my ability to communicate, to assemble right, freely. And so that's a really important concept that I see now. Stanford is a private school. Uh, and so, um, you know, government actors as a school, um, you know, would take that same thing that Congress is not allowed to do, and they're not allowed to do it either. Uh, but, but what about that, that concept as you see yeah. that, right? How does that, how does that, what are you concerned about when you see these things out in the culture as well? Yeah, if, you, if we just step back and, and we look at the way this was laid out, John Quincy Adams described it this way, that the, that the Declaration of Independence was the, 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 the slab. It was the, the, the foundation upon which the home of the, of the Constitution and the Republic was mm. built. And as you just said, the Declaration makes it very clear. These are, these are rights given by God. So God gave us the rights. And then it says that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among yeah. them. So it's not that government gave us the rights. It's that government's there to protect them, not to provide for us, but to protect us, to protect those 
those those rights. And and the Bill of Rights, sometimes we think of it today as the founding fathers gave us all these things. And But you just said it exactly right. They didn't give us these things. The Bill of Rights is there to show that they are to protect these things and that they can't touch them, that, that, that this freedom of speech, this freedom of religion, the right to assemble with those that we wish to assemble with, to petition our government for redress agreements, to, to have the, the, the natural right of self-defense that's protected in the Second Amendment. All these things were God-given, laws of nature and nature's God. Yeah. And government's job is to is to protect those things. And, and freedom of speech, man, that's the one that, honestly, that's what attracted so many people to this continent, attracted so many people to this country, was the rights of conscience, to be able to live and work according to the dictates of my beliefs, of, of, of my my religion, or, or, or even if it was no religion, if I was an atheist, that where, wherever I got my values and my belief system, that government would not come in at the sword and force me to convert to whatever religion, whoever happened to be in charge, um, shared. And so this was not only valuable, it was the most valuable thing that you would get if you if you came to America. And those rights of conscience, man, that that is that that is lived out in so many different ways. It's not just that we believe that way. And here's where you see terminology matters. You know, uh, President Obama was was really good at this, this turn of phrase. And he would instead of saying freedom of religion, he would say freedom of worship. Actually, FDR did the same thing all the way back uh, in the early part Very of the last century. Very different concepts. <laughs> Very different concept. Right. So that they're basically saying and, and, and Obama would later say it this way with regard to, for instance, a, um, a doctor or a nurse not wanting to participate in abortion. And so part of their freedom of conscience was that they couldn't be forced to participate in something that violated their conscience. And he said, no, it's freedom of worship. If you want to go to church and, and do whatever you want, that's fine. But if you're going to participate in the public square, you have to do these things. Well, that is not the American way. That is not the American concept of those freedoms of conscience. So it's, as you said, it's vitally important. It's at the heart of who we are as a nation and what we truly believe and what makes being an American citizen so valuable and so attractive. It's why we have... You know, one out of every five immigrants on the planet right here in America. Why do we have, you know, way more immigrants, uh, more than the second, third, fourth and fifth nations combined? There is something attractive about this value system, and we are slowly losing it. And it's why people have awakened and said, boy, it's time to push back and not let these folks continue to chip away at these very valuable. Yeah, well, I'm I'm glad you said government and then use the word force in the next regard, because that's the concept that we're that we're getting at. And it's interesting. um, uh, You know, uh, Judge Duncan wrote an article in The Wall Street Journal about his experience. And he said um, it was interesting because he was trying to figure out. Right. They didn't let him speak. He wasn't there to speak about anything, you know, political. Um, But he was trying to figure out it. And he kind of surmised. Um, that apparently one of his decisions was something that had uh, raised the ire of this particular crowd, and it had to do um, with a um, you know a decision that he had done um, in uh, U.S. versus uh, Varner. Um, but basically, it was about a, a um, you know a federal um, prisoner um, who was in you know jail for child pornography, and he had asked um, to um, force the state. Uh, to make the prison guards uh, refer to him by female pronouns, right? So again, the transgender ideology coming in, right? And right. Uh, and Judge right. Duncan said, no, that's that's not what the government does. The government does not force people to speak and to use things against their particular conscience. And I think that's it. That's what you just laid out, right? That's so important yep. to understand, right? That we're not just saying that government needs to protect our rights to say things. We also need to make sure that government doesn't force us to say things that we don't agree with, because that's what government is, so right? Good. Government is yep. a force, right? If uh, we've gotten cases, you know, where uh, Christians have not baked a cake, right? You know, for a same-sex marriage. And you're thinking, well, you know, hey, just bake the cake. Here's the deal. 
it, it's not about baking the cake or not baking the cake. It's about the right, right, not to do what you don't want to do. And when government disagrees with you, can they force you to do things that you don't agree with? Can they force you to use terminology that you don't agree with? Can they force me to call a boy a girl? And here's the deal. If I work in a public school today, the answer to that is yes. They, they can wow. force me to yeah. do that or they can fire me and I lose my job. And I think that's the reality. You know, we're, we're very uh, fortunate and privileged and protected at the private Christian school that we're at because those things are not happening in our walls, but they are happening to our friends right across the street. And our That's parents right. need to know that and, and understand that concept. I don't want this to be right a, a place where we come and we insulate and isolate. I want it to be a place where we come and we prepare and we equip and we get ready to send oh, our kids good. out because they understand the reality of the situation that they're walking into and they're equipped with the knowledge that they need to know. And so parents, right, I need you to, to hear this is this is what government is doing right right now at places. They are forcing teachers uh, to use pronouns, right, for boys and girls um, that are not what their biological, you know, gender is, their God-given gender is. And so that's an interesting thing that that's what he picked up on was their problem is because he didn't um, see those people as, you know, fully human and didn't recognize them that way. They weren't going to allow him to speak and they're not going to recognize him. And that's what it's come down to now. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it's... um you know, the, the idea that government can force you to say something or do something. And, and, of course, we've seen cases where they want you to advertise for a pro-abortion, you know, yep. an, an abortion yep. facility in a pro-life facility and, and, and things like that. And, and it is exactly what you said. It's literally forcing people to say and do things that violate their conscience or go against everything that they that they believe. And, and uh, you know, there's obviously no freedom in that. It's a very dangerous road. It's something that we have to stand up to every time it happens, whether it's happening to us and people that believe like us or it's happening to the other side. That's the other thing that, that these, these principles apply to all sides. That's why we're for blind justice, equal justice, you know, treating everybody the same and uh, and 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 it's it's a it's a slippery slope. Um, we're moving into a Georgia, you know, an Orwellian kind of uh, 1984 world where terms have been changed and things are, and these meanings. And so we've got to be aware. And I just want to say, Dan, God bless you guys for creating the environment that you are. And I would say to the parents out there, everything you just described, we need thousands more schools like yours. We need worldview leaders like you. That's what will raise up the remnant that can win this thing in the long run. That's what will Well, you know around. what? It's interesting that you say that because right now our Texas legislature is meeting, right? You used to be the youngest member of our Texas legislature, um, and they're finally getting around to dealing with some level of school choice. Um, where where yes. instead of right our parents um, paying both for the you know public school system and having to pay for the private school system, uh, Texas is is you know there's 31 or 38 other states that have already passed legislation that says to parents, hey parents, it's your right to send your kids wherever you want to go, and your That's money, right. it's That's your right. money, your money should follow your student. Exactly, man. This was why I ran for the legislature. This was my number one issue. We couldn't get it anywhere 25 years ago. Now we're on the cusp of actually finally passing it in Texas. It'll break the back of the of the teacher unions that not the teachers, but the teacher yeah. unions that are run by Marxists that control all of this, that have destroyed education on the, in, in, in the public school uh, format. It'll break that and, and it'll break the monopoly and it'll empower parents finally 
to, to finally focus on the kid. What's best for the kid? Not what's best for the school. Not what's best for the building or the, the system. What's best for that kid? This is a really positive development. And, 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 I, and I would actually say, you know, just encourage the, the listeners out there. There's a lot of positive happening yes. right now in this country. There's so much negative, yep. and you hear it all yep. the time. And it is bad. I mean, I, I don't know if we're going to save America. I'm not, not, not being Pollyanna here. But I, I do see really good signs. There are really good signs of people saying, I don't want to be civically ignorant anymore. I don't want to be biblically ignorant anymore. I want to learn the things I need to know to do my part to pass freedom to my kids and grandkids. And I'm talking millions of people stepping up and getting involved. So there, there's some really positive signs yeah, yeah. that we can turn this around. And that school choice. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm glad you said that because here's, here's the thing. I also hear a lot of this from younger people, right? So, you know, we're, we're in our 50s. Um, but I, you know, I, I spend a lot of time with those in the you know, 20s and 30s, and it's it's a very interesting thing because uh, anytime politics is mentioned or brought up, right? Um, you know, the, the concept is is they they don't really understand um, the the essence of really what makes America great as a country, um, the political um, structure that has been established, right? And and a, a lot of it is a lot of people have bought into this concept that. Um, the power structure that has been set up, right, has has established itself um, to keep certain people in power and keep certain people oppressed. Uh, the reality of it is this particular structure, right, that our framers created, um, you know, may have been uh, not inclusive at the beginning, um, but it is a structure when applied fairly uh, is the only governmental structure in the history of mankind that really does provide freedom for everybody. Um, it, and provided the opportunity to expand, exactly. it, right? I mean, you know, right now the indictment on America is somehow that we invented slavery, which of course we didn't, and every nation on the planet had it. It was black on black, black on white, white on black, white. I mean, every combination you can possibly think of. And we were actually the first ones to ban the slave trade, fourth nation to ban slavery completely. We were way ahead of the game on this, and we we actually had the system that allowed that to happen and produced that in the in the long run, and, and even sold the, the the concept of of equal rights and sold the concept of, of of freedom being innate and the laws of nature, nature's God, and all those things. So yeah, we, America's definitely had a bad rap for the last few years, but I think we're making yeah. It and, and I just think it's it's you know to me, I look at the structures. Um, you know, you said the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, those particular frameworks uh, in which freedom exists, um, the way that it takes into account, uh, you know, the separation of powers um, and, and really uh, understands the nature of man um, and, uh, and places uh, him in a position uh, where this idea of self-government, this idea of self-rule, um, you know, really is an experiment. Um, freedom uh, is a very difficult yeah. thing, right? Ronald Reagan, right? Freedom, right? Freedom's not something we pass along to our kids in their bloodstream. Right? We're, it's yeah, it's a fragile thing. thing. We're one yeah. generation away. And so I, I you know, I think, yeah. you know, instead of apologizing. Hey, bro, I hate to do this to you. You'll have to edit. I'm so sorry. I go live. No, no, hit it. Yeah. On my, on my other show. I am so sorry. Can we pick up? Uh, and I'd love to continue it, but you know I hate what? to yeah. end Hey, let's, let's end here, and I'll start another one with, okay. one with you another time. So, man, Rick, I appreciate okay, your time. Okay, man, I'm, so, I'm yeah. so sorry, bro. Yeah, I got, I, I got to jump on my live show. But, Dan, thank you, man. God bless you. Thank you for what you're doing. And thank you to the parents yes. for investing in the next generation by putting their kids in a good Dude, you're awesome. Rick, thanks for your time. Absolutely, right, man. God bless. Thank you for investing the time to listen to this episode of The Journey. Please take a minute to share with friends and family who will also benefit from this valuable resource. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast app. 
It is truly our blessing and honor to walk with you on the journey.